Well, hey, everyone, welcome to the Pursue God podcast. I'm Pastor Brian, joined in the studio by Pastor Eric. Pastor Mark, guys, we're on step 11 on our road to recovery, 11 out of 12, so we're almost there. Mark, why don't we start by reading the step? Step 11 says, uh, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. So this one's obviously about prayer, right? And so we're waiting till—we've talked about prayer all throughout the steps, asking God to remove our character defects, like coming to God with humility, asking Him with, with help in our inventory. You know, we in step three, we prayed a sinner's prayer, you know, to uh, ask God to forgive us and to tell Him that we believe in Him, to surrender to Him. And so we've talked about prayer— all throughout this, but this is really, um, as we're coming to the close of the 12 steps, for, for the person who is got some clean time now in recovery, and this is like, like we talked about last week, part of the maintenance routines, this, we like to call them the spiritual disciplines, to help you stay in contact with God, because God is ultimately the power that's going to help us through this. I can imagine some people are listening to this saying, you know, <clears throat> I don't know if I'm qualified to pray. And a lot of times when I, I don't know if this happens to you guys, pastors, but a lot of times when I'm at a, at a, at a meal, at a dinner with a bunch of other people and it's time to pray over the meal, everybody looks, looks at me mm. and expects me to pray. Mm. And, and I used to be like, come on, somebody else pray. But now I don't. Now I just say, I am a professional. Please, please don't try this on your own. You know, this is very dangerous. You know, obviously, I'm joking and everybody laughs, but that is what some people think about with prayer is they think, I don't, I don't think I'm qualified to pray. And I don't know, Mark, what would you say to that to the person who's new to this or maybe, maybe they've gone to church for a while, maybe they're new to church even, but they're coming, out, they're coming into recovery and they feel almost disqualified to pray. And, and I think we should probably maybe address that first and foremost. Yeah, I think that's probably undermining exactly what the gospel is all about. <laughs> it's none of us are qualified for much of anything. Yeah. It's it's Jesus that qualifies us, right? It's right. it's his qualifications. And so, yeah, I, I think sometimes, you know, there's there's a difference between praying in public, right? Mm -hmm. And then pl praying in in private a lot of times. And and hopefully as we grow in our prayer life, that's kind of what's happened with me is that my private prayers have have grown closer to my public prayers. They have grown together uh, because of doing it over mm. and over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, so there really isn't... I think sometimes we're thinking too much when it comes to prayer. Right. When, when prayer is really just, I want to... There's, there's things that I want to say to God, and there's things that I want to... Uh, you know, align my my thoughts, my will with him, and you know, sometimes we just overcomplicate it. Yeah, and prayer takes faith, right? Because mm -hmm. we're talking to someone that we can't see or touch or feel, you know, and so um, we're doing this out of faith, uh, believing, right? Believing that this is good, believing that it's going to do something. Um, that that God will actually answer our prayers, that he'll, he'll hear us. And in my experiences is that, you know, God answers my prayers. Now, not mm -hmm. all the time and not all the time in the ways that I want him to, mm -hmm. 
But man, has it been amazing to pray and to consistently pray or persistently pray about a certain thing and, and get answers, right? Not an audible voice, but like God lines things up and just answers these prayers where you know it's him doing that, right? And, and mm-hmm. so you do have to experience. It is an experiential thing. It's a faith thing, and you just do it, and it, you know, it does take some brain and some logic to, to think about it, but you also just have to start experiencing it. That's part of having a higher power, and, and God, uh, the God of the Bible, is just having faith to do what he said to do. And you know, at the end of this lesson, we'll talk about how Jesus told his disciples how to pray, um, it's interesting if you think about prayer, there are all kinds of religions all over the world that have some kind of form of prayer because I believe that humans were were built, you know, with the eternity in mind, with a, a spiritual aspect to them. Everybody wants to pray. There's a, de- there's a desire to do it, um, and we're just following that desire along with the truth that we have. Yeah. In fact, the disciples, like you mentioned, and again, we'll get to this at the end, so make sure to listen all the way through to the end. We're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer. Jesus gave his disciples the Lord's Prayer because they said, teach us how to pray. We don't know how to pray. (laughs) Jesus didn't say to them, too bad, guys. You're not spiritual (laughs) enough. I guess I picked the wrong people. That, That almost qualifies them to pray. Because prayer is about coming to God and recognizing he's God and you're not, recognizing you have a need that he can fill. So really the only disqualification for prayer is the person who's arrogant, the person who thinks they have it all together and they don't need any help. Well, that person's not going to pray anyway. Jesus said, let the little children come to me for, mm-hmm. for of these is the kingdom of heaven. So what, that doesn't mean we need to be naive coming to him. That means, to, that means the most basic thing about kids is that they're dependent They come to their parents saying, I can't do this. I need you to help me to do this. And so that's what qualifies us to pray. And prayer is just not, you know, there's no no major formula. We're not going to give you any of that today. There's not a right or a wrong way to do it. It's just conversation with God. So if you know how to have a conversation with somebody, then you can pray because you're having a conversation with God. That's what it is. Yeah, and he he talks to us through his word, through the Bible, and we've talked about that and how important God's word is. He talks to us through that, and we get to know him through reading about him and stuff, but but we communicate to him through prayer, right? Mm-hmm. And then he does answer back through our spirit and faith and everything, but it's just one other way to be in contact with God, and that's really the first point is staying in contact with God is the best way to grow in your recovery. Um, Jesus himself, he used this analogy, I love it, uh, about vines and branches and fruit, um, talking about, you know, taking taking like maybe cultivation or agriculture, uh, which would have been a huge part of the culture back then, and, and, and using it as an analogy. If you think about a, a branch, um, a branch really doesn't do anything. It's just nutrients pass through it to to have fruit hang off of it. Where do those nutrients come from? They come from the root, right? The 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 base of the plant, right? And so all the water and the nutrients flow through the roots, up through the base of the tree and to these branches and then the branches bear fruit, okay? And so in the same way Jesus is teaching his disciples and people a lesson he wants us to remain in contact with him. That's the only way we're going we're gonna to bear fruit. We're going to grow in recovery. So yeah. in, in John 15, 4, he says, 
Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot, pr- you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So let's talk about that. What does that mean to remain in Christ or abide in him? Well, yeah, that's what this whole step is about. I think we, we began this step clear back uh, in step number three, right, where we, we decided we were going to you know, give our will and our lives over to God. This step is about living that out and growing in mm. that, right? Mm. And as we, you know, you talk about this analogy that Jesus uses, I think it's really, it's powerful. I, you know, I think about, I, I was just actually just the last couple of weeks, I've been out pruning all of my bushes and trees mm. and everything, right? And, and snipping all these branches off and pile them up. And, and within a week, they're dead. They're completely dead. They're dry. And, and I actually used them for firewood. So mm. that, I think that really is a really good analogy because that's exactly how this works. And I think you and I have probably seen time and time again, the addict that comes to faith, gives their life to Christ, but doesn't practice this step. Mm. That, that their recovery, um, their relationship with God, it just fizzles and they get caught back up in their addiction and they don't understand why. It's like they, they can't even see anymore. It's like they, they've been blinded once again. And so that's why it's so important to stay connected because mm. that's where our recovery came from right from the start mm. was from him. And we need to keep that connection and grow that connection. Yeah, you guys, we, we need to remember at the end of our podcast, I want to ask you guys this question. How do you actually pray? Let's make mm. sure to give people real specific examples. How long do you do it for? Where do you do it? Are you on your knees? Are you standing up? Are you holding hands with your spouse? Like, I want to talk about the real details because, again, I, I always think about the person who's new to this. They probably have a picture in their head of what prayer is. Maybe they see a monk in their head, and you're chanting in a in a big in a big cavernous you know chapel. Hmm. So I want I want to make sure that we get really practical by the end of this. But we're not going to do it just yet. We need we've got some other things to talk about with prayer. But let's make sure to do that. And and on that note, I, I was looking back at the way this step is worded. It said sought to, through prayer and meditation. Mm. So let's before we continue on in prayer, let's just make a comment here about meditation. What is meditation? Oh. And is yeah, is that a biblical thing? Is this something that Christians should do? Because when we think about meditation, you might be thinking about Buddhism or something like that. Well, yeah, it says in the Word to meditate on His Word, right? So meditation, I, I simply think it's. It's thinking about. That's what meditation is. Yeah. It's spending time thinking about these things, yeah. thinking about the things that we've read, thinking about the things that that we we know about God, or even just thinking about the things that He's done in our lives. You yeah. know that I think is meditation. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, and I think that there are always counterfeits to the real thing in in just about every kind of practice, religious practice, or um, you know, kind of discipline that people do. I think there's always there, there's these counterfeits to the things that are real. And so there's a lot of different ideas of meditation out there and what it is. Um, and some of it might have some, some semblance of maybe what that might look like. You know, now I'm not talking about, you know, humming or buzzing or anything like I did earlier. That was just a joke. Right? <laughs> but, but what you're saying is right. There is a sense in which where we focus 
on something. Mm-hmm. We think about the words of God or, or whatever it is that we feel like God is saying you should be praying deeply over. And sometimes there's so many distractions in life, you know, uh, that we need to get to a place of solitude. We need to get to a place where nobody is. We don't have any sound. We can be alone. We can actually focus, get away from all of our electronics and even the voices and, and just try to shut out even, even the thoughts in our head and just focus on one thought. You know, God says, think on, on the good things, those things that are lovely and pure and honorable. You know, like think on good things and the good things are the things of God. And so we're, we're just practicing focusing at a deeper level. I think that's what meditation is, Christian meditation. Okay, now I didn't, I didn't prep you for this question, but I believe you guys are going to have a biblical answer to this. Because the question then is, what's the difference between, say, say Eastern meditation, Buddhist meditation? Because, you know, Jesus was Middle Eastern, right? So I guess you could say... Is he talking about Eastern meditation, right? What's the difference between Buddhist meditation and Christian meditation? Let me ask the question another way. What is, from what you guys know, I know you're not students of this, but what is Buddhist meditation about at the root of it? What's, what's nirvana about? What is that all about? Well, from what I've learned and understood, it's about emptying your mind, yeah. right? Like, and when we empty our minds... That's a dangerous place. Amen, brother. <laughs> I knew you'd have the good answer yeah. to this. Yeah, Christian meditation isn't about emptying your mind. Mm-mm. Christian meditation is about what? It's about renewing your mind, renewing, get, getting your mind. it focused. Yeah, filling it with God's God's way and God's word, not your own ideas, not that's the right. world's ideas. And so that's the you know, I, growing up, I used to think meditation was a bad thing, but then you'd read it in Scripture. It said, "Meditate." I meditate on your word every day. You know, mm-hmm. I delight in your law. But every time. The, the biblical authors talk about meditation. They're talking about meditating, thinking, like you said, Mark, thinking deeply on God and his truth and his way and his will, which is completely different than just trying to clear your, clear your mind right, and, and not think about anything. And that's, that's the main difference. So mm-hmm. I'm with it. This step 11 is great as long as you understand what we're talking about when we say meditation. So we saw it through prayer and meditation. Anyway, thank you guys for going on that little excursion mm-hmm. with me. Let's get back to talking about prayer in particular. So prayer should be about asking God to make us better people by knowing and doing his will. Um, it's not about getting God to do our bidding, right? It's not about it's not about putting ourselves on the throne and having God serve our every need. That's why I think what a lot of people think about when they think about prayer. They think about demanding this and that and the other thing from God. But that's not what Christian prayer is either. Yeah, he wants us to align our wills and hearts with his will and his heart. That's, that's what I think a lot of people miss about what, what prayer is, is we're asking God what he wants from us, and we're asking him for power to carry that out. You know, mm-hmm. We're asking f- from him the things that we can't do on our own, right? That's the whole reason that we need him. He's a higher power greater than us, right? The only God, and he's our only hope, as we've talked about. He's taking care of our sin problem, and so in prayer, we're going to God and saying, okay, you can do this. I can't do it. God, I trust you. You're reaffirming your faith to him over and over again. You're, you know, and, and, and you do ask for things sometimes also in prayer. I mean, and we're going to see that that's modeled, but 
Um, Jesus also modeled this submission in prayer, this, you know, I, I have all these ideas and feelings and, and beliefs about what I want to do or where I, where I want to go, but I just want to stop for a moment and say, you know what, Lord, I've gotten ahead of myself too much. I've gone my own way too much. What do you want me to do? And, and it's interesting, even Jesus himself, God in the flesh, while he was walking on earth, before he was going to be crucified, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was going through all this anguish and pain, knowing he was about to be crucified, knowing he was going to have to go through just the heaviest trial of his entire life, and he probably, in his humanity, wanted to get out of that. He probably thought, you know, there could have been some thoughts like, I could, I could zap this guy, and I could, I could you know, fly away somewhere far away, <laughs> and I could get away with this, right? Like, like what we do, we think in our minds, well, we could we plan all these plans out. And, but here's what Jesus says, and I, I have it in the King James Version because it just, I'm sure even non-believing people probably have heard this before. That's why I like, I love the wording of it. It has so much flavor to it. It's in Luke 22:42. Jesus says, he says, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He's saying, God, if, if I don't want to have to go through this, they called it a cup of suffering. Remove it from me. But if it's your will that I have to go, do it, go through this, then I want, I want your will. Like, show me your will. I'm willing to follow you. I am willing to go your way instead of my way. I think that's just such a strong example about, you know, kind of what prayer should be about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that's what our model is. Jesus modeled it for us right here. Like you said, that that's powerful. That is powerful because we all feel that way. I, I, I have my own ideas and I don't... And, he had to he had to suffer more than any of us could can ever really understand mm. right taking on the wrath of god that so that we wouldn't but but he finishes that it's it's kind of this it's this moment of him being really genuine and vulnerable where he says that you know if this could be removed from me i i would really like that but at the end of the day your will be done. It's the, and he modeled that for us because we all, like you said, Eric, we all have our ideas of the life we want to lead, the things that we want to do, but we've made a commitment going through these steps, accepting this new way of life, that now we're going to accept God's will for us. And this is about that. This is about that ultimate submission to this new life that's going to lead us away from death, away from darkness. Yeah, this is a, a tweetable quote, so everybody get ready to write this down mm-hmm. and tweet this out. Here it is. Remember, God will only do what his will is for your life. So aligning your will with his is the best bet to get him to come through. I don't know who, which one of you guys wrote this, but this is so good. I, uh, I'm going to read it again. It's that good. Remember, God will only do what his will is for your life. So aligning your will with his is your best bet to get him to come through. This is so good to realize because a lot of people think that, okay, I'm trying to get him to cha- align his will with mine. 
I want to get God to I want to get I want to get God to see it see things my way. God, this is what I want. This is what I want. You w- won't you give me what I want? That's actually not what prayer is about at mm-hmm. root. Prayer is just like you read in in that that King James verse that you read, which by the way makes you sound so much smarter <laughs> when you read the yeah. King James. That was yeah. so good. That was that was wise of you. But Jesus himself, who is God, Jesus himself said I want to do your will, not mine. Your will be done, not mine. That's such a great example for us to say, in my prayer time, my daily prayer time, I'm tr- what I'm trying to do is align my will with God's. And then, then what's going to happen, you can take it to the bank that your prayers are going to be answered, mm-hmm. right? Because you're aligning your will with God's. A lot of times when your prayers aren't answered, it's because you're not praying according to God's will. But you might not realize it. So that's really what this is about. It's about aligning your will with God's will. And remember, power to follow God comes from God. And so prayer is asking for just that. It's, you're just asking for God to give you the strength and the power and the ability to continue to follow him. And you better believe that is, that's God's will for your life. God wants you to follow him. He wants you to honor him. He wants you to make better decisions. God wants you to have victory over addiction, right? God wants you to continue to every single day to have one more day under your belt of being clean. And so you'd better believe that that's God's will. You, whenever you're praying that, you, you can take it to the bank that you're praying God's will. Well, that power to follow him, it, it comes from him. You can't, you can't um, generate, you're not a power generating mechanism in yourself. God's mm-hmm. the one who gives you the power, and that's why you need to learn how to pray. Yeah, we're only, you know, we're only conduits, right? Vessels. If you think about back to the branch analogy, right? We're the, the conduit of, of the power and the nutrients that actually goes to bear the fruit, right? And so, so yeah, we've talked about prayer should be um, asking what God's will is, and prayer should be about asking Him for power to do God's will, basically, right? We need, because we've never been able to do it before, right? Mm-hmm. Like even in our addiction, you know, we had a conscience. I mean, it was seared, but we would do all kinds of things. And but we had we had thoughts of wanting to be better, wanting to be healthy, wanting our families to be functional and everything to go well. But we could never do it on our own. We needed God and His power. We needed Him to step in and supernaturally change us from the inside out. And you know, it reminds me of where. I think it's it's in Ezekiel and Jeremiah talks about this new heart and new spirit that I'm going to put in you so that you can follow my decrees and obey my commands. Like we need God's spirit in order to actually follow God. It's such a an interesting thing. I don't think a lot of people understand it. I think a lot of people think that, you know, religion, religiosity is with Christianity and other religions in general, but that it's just something where you follow a bunch of rules and and eventually you make it to some nice place in the afterlife. But really, a relationship with God is something that He actually empowers you to have. He empowers you to do the things He wants you to do. It's not left to your own willpower. It's it's His power. Yeah, I mean, we were lost before we came to this faith, right? We tried doing it our own way, and we were... And it failed time and time and time again. And so that's where we came to this place where we recognized in step one our powerlessness. Mm-hmm. 
right? Mm. And so we know we don't have the power to do it. Now, this step here that we're coming to after we've gone through all the steps that we've gone through, uh, now we want this. It's like it's clarity. It's clarity of his will for us and his strength. And that's what prayer is all about. It's, it's leaning into that, that clarity um, and that strength that we need because we have to live this new life, like I said before, this new life that, that we have you know, stepped onto this new path. We can't walk it on our own. We need him to light the way, and we need his strength to push us through. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about how Jesus answered the disciples when they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray because we don't know how to do it. We don't know how to pray. Remember, they were fishermen. They were tax collectors. They weren't the, the smartest people in Jesus's culture. They weren't the leaders. They weren't the politicians. They weren't the business, the big time business owners. They weren't the tycoons of industry. They were just regular guys, fishermen, tax collectors. Okay. They were, they were what blue, co- blue collar workers, Right, mm-hmm. they weren't even white collar workers. I think I guess you could say Jesus was colorblind. <laughs> okay, dad joke okay. of the year right there. <laughs> yeah. I've been waiting. I to, have not heard that. I've one. been waiting for that joke for a long, long time. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> so they came to Jesus. They said, "Jesus, we're not the we're not the sharpest tools in the shed. Teach us how to pray." And Jesus said this, Matthew five, starting in verse nine. He says, "Pray like this. This is called the Lord's Prayer." And I know that in a lot of groups, you guys use this, right? A mm-hmm. lot of Recovery groups talk about, so this is familiar to most people. We're going to break it down as kind of a pattern for prayer. He said, here's how to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What a great prayer for someone who is trying to have sustained recovery in their life. We're going to break it down with a simple little acronym that I learned years and years and years ago. I still use this to this day in my prayer time. I use the PRAY acronym, P-R-A-Y. Remember, prayer isn't just about asking. That's the A. We'll get to it. There are other things in that too. The P stands for praise, and that's what Jesus is talking about here when he says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He's saying, I praise you. I worship you. So it's kind of like with your with your wife. If you're going to have a conversation with her, you better. You, you, I hope your relationship with your wife isn't just all about asking, asking, asking. Can you do the dishes? Did you? Did you? Can you? Can you do my laundry? Can you? Can you scratch my back? Can you get my? You know, it's. Could you imagine a marriage where the only kind of communication you had with your spouse was just asking for stuff? No, you better husbands. You better praise your wife as well. You better tell her how good she looks. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't mean to demean what we're talking about here. We're talking about the God of the universe yeah. and starting with praising him before we even ask him for a thing. Because it's not about what he can give us. It's about who he is. He's worthy of our praise. Yeah, and that word hallowed, it, it really it means let his name be famous, like make him famous over all the earth, like by your actions, by your words, tell, tell his name to everyone. Let him be known how, for how great the works he's done. This is what we should want to do, right? This is what, what he is teaching us to tell God, like you should be famous for who you are. You're the father of heaven. 
Like we we love you. We praise you. And I I do the same thing as Brian does. I use the same acronym. He's the one who taught it to me many years ago, and it just it's it just keeps me organized. I'm not the most organized person in my own life, but I think our natural reaction is to go to God with asking and demanding. You know, I remember again back in in my recovery or in my active addiction days, you know, the my my go-to, I would pray when I was like, you know, struggling, but it would always sound like Dear Lord, please don't let this cop that's pulling me over take me to jail this time. I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> and it was always like I'm trying to bargain with God. You know, mm. I'm trying to make a deal. God, if you get me out of this one, um, Lord, I will. I'll do something for you. You know, mm. and I ne- and I never kept my promise either. You know, mm. which is a bad thing. <laughs> I think we're doing a sermon on that soon. Vows, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I would always try to. I would. Uh, anyways, I would always try to like. He was like my get out of jail free card. It was like bail me out, Father. You know, Heavenly Father, come, come bail me out of whatever situation I'm in. And and sometimes people only go to God. Um, when things are bad or when they need something. And this prayer kind of teaches us, no, there should be like a a regular discipline, you know, a regular discipline Mm -hmm. instead of just reaction. Yeah, and I think the praise part comes out of, you know, when when we see what God has done in our lives, that becomes an automatic thing to want to praise Him, Mm. right? So... That this is something that will come naturally, but sometimes we we skip over it, right? Like like my my wife, for example. You talk about we need to praise our wives. Well, I know how amazing my wife is, so I can praise her. Now, am I praising her? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Am I doing that? So I think it's just consciously doing it because it's not hard to do this. It really isn't. Right. When we know who God is, it's not hard to praise Him. Right. Yeah, so some practical ways to do that. I I think one of the ways that I like to do that is to read the Psalms during my prayer time. You know, the Psalms are, a lot of those Psalms are Psalms of praise. So that's literally what I'm doing. And and so I'll read them aloud in my prayer time. Let's get practical here as we go through this. So for me, I have my, I, every morning, my prayer time every morning, I go into my office, close the door, put on some work, good worship tunes, and I just spend some time in prayer. And so again, the praising part is I'll just I'll just sing along with with the song. I'll just praise God along with the recording. I'll open up the Psalms. I'll read some Psalms out loud to God. That, that's great for new people who are new to this that mm. maybe don't know how to do it. Just just read aloud the way that David did it. You know, twenty eight hundred years ago. That's a great start. And you and pretty soon you'll learn how to do it yourself. But the way to do it is just to. Tell him what you're thankful for. Tell him that's praise is thanking him for stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell him what you're thankful for. Be specific. Name it. Name the things that you're thankful for. These are all great ways to praise. How are some ways that you guys like to do the P, the praise? Yeah, I. Uh, how I start my prayer off is I, I like I like to be in the dark. And so I'll, I go by the fireplace and I'll get a little grandma blanket on me and and praise God, praise God. I'm going to praise him right now for the invention of a cell phone so that I can actually read in the dark. With the, I can <laughs> yeah. use my Bible app because I, I use my Bible app. I have it on dark mode mm. on the Bible app so it doesn't blind my eyes. And, and I, 
I start I start by reading his word um, and ingesting it, you know, just really trying to what is what is this passage saying to me? And it's just it's amazing when I read God's word, even though it's a story I've read or heard time and time again, it's just it's it's like living and active and it speaks, you know, and every time I read God's word, like the major theme of his word is God's glory. You know, he is doing something that is amazing, miraculous, and, and, and he is the one who should just get the glory out of every amazing story of salvation. And so I let the word kind of speak to my mind, and then I'll start by saying thank you. Like recently it was, you know, Jesus said that he had revealed, he, had, he said, Jesus prayed this prayer, and he says, thank you, Father, that you've re- revealed these, or you've hidden these things from the wise and intelligent, and you've, you've uh, revealed them to infants. You know, you've mm. revealed them to basically the unwise people. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I'll start off saying, God, thank you that, man, you've taken a person who was foolish to the world, mm-hmm. an unwise person who's made a lot of mistakes and bad decisions. Thank you that, that you're using me now. It's mm. just amazing that how, how could it be that you, you love me out of all the people out there in the world? Like you, you cleaned me up and you changed me. So I like to praise him first and foremost for the work that he's done in my life. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I would say i I'm probably pretty similar too because you know we have <laughs> we've both come from places that were really really bad places and and so that's that's where I I am with it too I I have so much to praise him for um and I just want to say you, you know a lot of people who are listening right now might feel this intimidation about prayer like we were talking about earlier um and I felt that too when I first began the first thing that that uh, when my addiction came out, you know, I all these things were revealed to my wife, and we she stuck with me, and we were trying to work through it. One of the one of the biggest things was that we made a commitment that we were going to start praying together every night before we went to bed. What we did is I would pray one night, and she would pray the next night. And you know, right at the start, it was really awkward because I hadn't really prayed in front of anybody before never but man it became so powerful and this praise that would come out from just just him gifting me with the fact that my wife wanted to work through this that Mm -hmm. she wanted to stick around the fact that he was rescuing me from this life that i'd been living uh it and then and then being able to pray for my wife it just i it just began to transform our whole relationship, our relationship became focused on and centered on, on God instead of just, you know, on ourselves or each other. It it just changed everything. So, um, yeah, that's just something, it it was really awkward at first, but man, it became one of the most powerful things in my life. Yeah, that's, I think that's a good reminder for people who are listening to this saying, I'm not sure how I'm going to apply this. And I hope, I hope that you do apply this in your, in your lives and in your marriage, like you're saying, Mark, it could be powerful. And you might have to, you might have to sort of push through some of the awkward, like you Mm -hmm. said, and and on the other side of it, there's a real, a real uh, blessing, a real gift that, that is in store for you. So that's the P, the praise in the pray acronym. The next one is the R and that one stands for repent. So you praise and then you repent. Jesus said to pray like this, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. 
So to me, this is this this seems to be a, just a great one. We've been talking to, essentially we've been talking about repentance a lot throughout the, the these steps, right? That this is something you have to acknowledge, you have to speak it, you have to you have to repent to others, and we've talked about also repenting to God, telling Him. I'm sorry I did this, forgive me. And then repentance then really is about making up your mind to go the other way, mm-hmm. to do something else. I always like to say this about repentance. If you can learn to repent to God, if you can learn to say in your prayer time, God, you need to show me what I need to repent of, which is what I do at this point. This is where I'll journal. I'll have a little prayer journal and I'll actually write down some of the things I feel like God is saying to me because I might not even be necessarily fully aware of what I need to repent of. But as I'm spending some time in prayer, maybe an incident comes up in the day or the day before, and all of a sudden I feel this sense of, oh, I messed up there. And what I like to say to men especially is if you can learn to be open and vulnerable and honest with God and repent to God, man, is that going to make your other relationships so much better because it's not going to be... It's not going to be your spouse's problem anymore to try to get you to realize it. If you can have this tender, humble heart before God and learn to repent on a regular basis, then you're then you're going to be a lot easier to live with, and it's not going to take your wife telling you what you need to repent of. Let God tell you, and then in your in your marriage you can just get to the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again. You know, for me, how that usually comes out again is God's God's word convicts me. You know, through the the Spirit takes the words that I'm reading in the morning, and I'm I'm saying, okay, how do I measure up to your word? Like in this story, who am I? You know, who am I? Am I the sinner? Am I am I the person that would be prideful? Am I the 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 one who told a lie or the adulterer, you know, there's always this comparison game that I think I can do with God's word. It's like a mirror we talked about in several lessons ago. It's like a mirror you hold up to yourself to see who you truly are, you know, when you're taking an inventory of yourself. And so I use God's word to, to help, help dig out those deep, rooted uh sins that i haven't repented about yet or asked for forgiveness for and i name them like you said like like naming the praises i'll name it out loud like lord forgive me for and i know god and and here's the interesting thing about repentance and asking for forgiveness it's like we go back to first john 9 right it says if you confess he will forgive and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and so that's what I believe in my prayer in that repentance time is I'm going to actually confess it then to God. I'm not going to just say, God, forgive me for being lustful and then move on. I'm going to say, what was the, the instance where I had that thought in my mind, right? Where I actually played something out in my mind that was sinful and I'm going to name it. I'm going to name, if I know the person's name, name that, right? If I if I was mean to one of my sons or, you know, exacerbated or caused them to, to, to be angry with me because I lashed out in anger or something like that, I've got to say those things so that I can get it up and out. Again, we talked about our secrets keep us sick, but if we confess them, we can have that confidence knowing he's going to forgive. And I do that every single day. Every morning I get to have this time of praising and then repenting. And when I get to do that, I can start the day 
feeling so much better that I'm not hiding anything from God. Yeah, I, this is where we are doing our daily inventory, I think. that's yeah. This is where we're yeah. letting him, because I'll have a bunch of things in my mind, too. Like, it, So it's funny when you're talking about this. I'll have all these things in my mind of, oh, I, gotta, I definitely need to repent for this and repent for this. But then as I'm doing that, it's almost like he, like God's like, well, what about that? And mm-hmm. what about, you know, <laughs> like he, he starts to reveal more things and you're just like, oh, yeah. Like, and it's just funny how that works. It's, but yeah, this is the daily inventory and it has to be done through prayer. It really does because there's, otherwise it's just things are going to get missed and we, we might not even end up taking them to God. You know, this is, this is the time for that. And he'll reveal what needs to be revealed if we're really um, repentant in a repentant state of mind. Okay, so you've you've done the first thing. You've p- spent some time praising God. Then you've spent a little time repenting, letting God reveal your heart, letting God kind of convict you of your sin. You're repenting of it, and finally, now I like to say you've kind of earned the right now to ask for some stuff. Mm. Right. So remember, this is the, the A is what most people think prayer is all about. It's it's not really all about this. It's, it's just one component of it. But it is it is part of it. God does say to us. Yeah. Ask. He says, you know, he says, ask for your daily bread. Right. Mm-hmm. Give us this day our daily bread. That's a really practical thing that he's giving us permission to ask for. It's it's not selfish to ask God for daily for our daily bread. Um, and so what are the what are some of the things that you have on this is where I like to get to my prayer list. Literally keep like a bunch of lists that I go through in prayer. Honestly, most of the things on the list are names. Most of what I ask for are names. I'm asking for God to move in this person's life or in that person's life. I'm asking for God. I, I pray for you guys as pastors on at our church. Um, this is what I, this is what fills my list up is people. I'm asking God to to do a work in people to continue to use you guys in ministry to, uh, you know, as as we meet people at our campuses at our churches, you know, I I write those names down and I pray for those people. I pray for those needs. There's this addiction here. There's this this wayward child over here. So these are the things that are on my list. What are the, what are some other things that people might find on their prayer list to be asking for? Well, I mean, you know, going back to praying for God's will, um, you know, but I have my, when I align my will with his will, there are things that I want to do that I think he wants me to do, you know, and a lot of my prayers have to do with future vision type stuff, you know, like, what do you want me to do? And God, will you do this? Is this the way that you want me to go? And as I said earlier, you know, one thing that's on my mind right now, as I said earlier, God answers my prayers. Um, Again, not all the time, not as if I'm something special, but just the fact that I know that he answers his children's prayers because I get to see it all the time. You know, just recently, um, one of our churches... um, I was building a relationship with another church, you know, five years ago, and I'd been praying and praying and praying, Lord, would you, because the church that we were at, um, that I used to be the pastor of, uh, we had like a smaller building, and it was like we were all, I was always looking for future, what are we going to do down the road, what are we doing, and I was thinking of building relationships here and there or whatever, and 
there was a lot of kind of dying churches in the area where we were at, but we were a thriving church. And I thought to myself, well, man, one of these churches, you'd think they've got these paid off buildings. You'd think that they'd just you don't want to give us one or something. You know, my wife's like, you're crazy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the first time she said that. Sure. Yeah. And I'm like, and I would just be, you know, uh, building relationships, yes, but then going and praying on it. So doing work towards vision and then coming back and praying, okay, God, like, you've you've opened some doors. I'm trying to seek your will. I'm trying to, to be aligned with you. I'm following you. Um, so is this something that you would want to do? Because it's on my heart. There's this desire on my heart, and I can't get rid of it. So, Lord, I can't do anything else. You've got to make this happen. And it's just so amazing. Recently, you know, as you guys know, um, the the church now recently just, like, really quickly handed us over the deed to the whole property and everything. It's like a miracle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I... And it's just those things. And I have bigger things than that that God has answered prayer for. I mean, we recently had a baby. All right, this is really practical. And there were little complications throughout the pregnancy where it was like, God, we need you right now. You know, like we, 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 he, was, he was two weeks late. And, and, and it was going to come to the time where either major surgery was going to happen to happen if he wasn't, if he, if he wasn't going to come out and like, you know, not too long after we prayed, she started going into labor, and then there were little complications along the way. And every time we prayed, God would just answer the prayer mm. and help us out every single time. And 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 it's just so amazing. God does want to give us things. Yeah. He does want to bless us. He does want to show us that He's there and that He's that He is the owner of this whole thing. He owns the whole universe, and and so we can ask for a little bit of it. (laughs) Luke 11, Luke 11 says, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father, who's not Mm. evil, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So this is God's heart toward us. God wants he wants a relationship with us. And some people listening might not know that God. They might not realize that that's how God is. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's hindered your prayers. I want you to know you can go to God and you can ask him. And you can build this relationship with God through prayer, praising, repenting, asking, and then finally coming to this last thing, which for me is my favorite part of prayer every day, is yielding. The Y stands for yielding. Remember, Jesus said, pray like this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that's about yielding to his kingdom, not trying to get him to yield to you. We're going to stop and listen and yield, and that's what we have to remember to do. So I, for me, practically, guys, I, I want to hear what, how you guys do this, but for me, practically, this means, again, I'll have some worship music on, and now this is just me trying my hardest just to be quiet and not to talk and not to bring all my ideas. Cause for me, I always have all these ideas. A lot of times I have to write them down to get them on a sheet of paper so I can get them out of my head. So I can just really do this last little bit, which is just to practice listening to God and lis- listening for his still small voice, listening for his prompting for me. A lot of times for me, this ends up in he, a name will come to my mind that I need to call someone I need to call reach out to someone I didn't pray for that day. But as I'm yielding to God, he, this is where not all the time, but every once in a while, I feel like 
I feel like God speaks to me and gives me some marching orders. And sometimes it's just a matter of just just stopping, quieting myself and, and listening instead of talking. What does yielding for you guys look like? Well, I think yielding for me, it's um, <laughs> like I'm in the opposite situation as, as Eric, right? Like we, you know, our, our campus, we're renting a building right now. We don't have a, a permanent location. And so, you know, that's part of my ask a lot of times. Mm. But the yielding is understanding, you know, trying to trying to pray to God that, you know, I know that you've got a plan here. Mm-hmm. And my plan isn't always your plan. So I'm trusting you. Um, just give me, you know, kind of the the clarity, the peace to know that you're at work here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of yielding. And at, yielding is what this step is really all about, you know, praying for knowledge of his will for us. Like you're talking about the listening, trying to, trying to, you know, try to figure out what is his will, you know, really listening to that. And then the power to carry that out. That's, that's what it's all about. So that's kind of, that's where my, Asking and yielding mm. is right now. Yeah, I, <laughs> I keep thinking about the traffic signs that say yield on them, and nobody knows what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just means wait for a second until you get a sign to go ahead, right? <laughs> Basically, right? Like in a roundabout or something, yeah. right? There, yeah. you, you got these yield signs, and the person who comes up, they're supposed to wait until they have a, a safe uh, time to actually venture out. And I think... So for me, that's how I do it. A lot of my prayers are, I'm praying what I feel like God has pressed upon my heart, the passions that I have. Maybe it's visions that maybe through, I'm not saying, like vision as far as looking into the future and, and how God wants me to do my work or, you know, love my family or disciple someone or build relationships or whatever, make connections. I'm looking at that um, and then I'll say, okay, but I'm going to wait until you give me a sign. You know, I'm going to wait until something happens to where it's beyond the shadow of a doubt that you're saying yes. And so many times in my life I've done that, especially like moving, you know, moving my family, moving um, houses and big life events and stuff like that, where it's like, I'm not going to just up and make, you know, change my job and move and do all these things without first praying for you know, months before I ever became a pastor, I, I remember praying for months. We went on a, a retreat. Me and my wife went to, you know, Park City, stayed in a hotel, and we, we, we sang worship together. We read God's Word together. We prayed together. And it was so amazing. Um, we were praying together, and we were asking God, and, and we were just waiting. And there was this time where all of a sudden my wife goes, what does James 4.14 say? And I'm all, I don't know. Why? You know, what, why are you saying that? Like, we didn't read that. Nothing came out. She's like, I just feel like this verse is being, God's putting it on me right now with James 4.14. And we go and read it, you know, and it's, it's talking about what is your life? It's but a mist. It's but a vapor, you know. And, and he's like, don't make, basically the gist of it is don't make all these plans without the Lord being involved, you know, without waiting on him. If the Lord wills it, then you can go, right? If, if not, it's a sin, basically. So if we don't wait on him and we, we venture out um, and do, do the things without it being clear, oftentimes we can 
make the wrong decision. And that's really what I think, you know, prayer is all about, especially this last part, you know, yielding to the Lord. We want to listen in humility and patience. Yeah. Yeah, Listen how Jesus said it. Somebody pointed this out to me years ago. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the question is, how is God's will done in heaven? Hmm. And it's done perfectly in heaven, right? His, he, he speaks and everybody listens. No, there's no sin in heaven. There's no rebellion in heaven. So his will is done perfectly in heaven. And that's what Jesus is telling us to do. He's saying, that's how I want you to pray. He, he, he says, I want you to pray, God, I want your will to be done in my life, in my marriage, in my family, in my, in my addiction, in my recovery. I want it to be done the way that it will be done when I'm, when I'm done with this earth. I want it to be done like it's done in heaven. I want it to be done perfectly. Now, it might not be done perfectly, but that's your heart. That's, that's what you're doing. You're saying, God, I want to yield to you and your will and your way. And I think the biggest question people will probably ask is, well, how do you know? How do you know if it's God's will? How do you? Because a lot of people have uh, paralysis by analysis. They, hmm. they just they stop. They, they just won't take any steps. They won't step out in faith hmm. ever because they're waiting for just the perfect sign. So maybe, Eric, how, does, how did your story end? You had this perfect weekend away without the kids. I think nine months later, you ha- added another child. <laughs> Do I, I have the math I, I right? I don't know. I yeah, don't know. It's got to be close. That's what's happened. But, but, but tell, me, <laughs> tell me, Eric, how did you know, how did you make the decision to you did end up well, eventually going to the next campus? Well, yeah, and it's, it's because... God speaks to us in multiple ways. I mean, not just a, I mean, it's the still small voice. It's through his word and it's through his people. Again, you know, the Christian trifecta, God's spirit, God's word, God's people. And I had, you know, an overwhelming number of people, everybody actually saying, you should, you should do this. You know, you should go. It was undeniable through prayer, through reading of the word and through even the guy who's the new pastor now, I remember him, and I was telling him about my, my fears with it, and it was the weirdest thing. I had just read the story about um, Peter stepping out of the boat in faith to, to, to grab Jesus' hand, and Mike wouldn't have known about that. Mm-hmm. But then that day, he says, maybe you just need to step out of the boat, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is, yep, that's God, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes you do. Sometimes you, you know, for us, Tracy and I were praying about whether to move out to Utah to go into you plant a church, which is a you know fourteen hundred mile move and just a scary thing. Honestly, we didn't have this great vision from God. We didn't. We just we felt like after we prayed about it and thought about it and talked about it, we just felt like let's do it. Who says the default is to stay? Who says the default answer is to do nothing? I think the default answer is to go. Jesus said, go make disciples. Mm-hmm. So the default answer is to go, is to go do something. And so so for some people listening, they have to, again, we're not, when we're talking about yielding to God, we're not always talking about big decisions, mm-hmm. you know, making big decisions in your life. That's the examples we're talking about now. But for a lot of people, it's just a matter of, God, I want to yield to you. I want to yield to your way. I want your will to be done in my recovery. I want I want one more I want one more good day. I want to be able to trust you one more day. And then tomorrow I'm going to yield to you again. I'm going to yield to your way instead of trying to get my way and trying trying to fulfill my needs 
with this addiction the way I would have done it before. So for a lot of people listening, that's really what we're talking about. Yielding to God can be in the big stuff and it can be in the little stuff. It can be in the day-to-day choices and it can be in this these big, huge decisions that, that change the course of our families and our lives. It can be both. Yeah, and there's a lot of decisions that a person in recovery is going to have to make. I mean, there may be relationships that have to be cut off. There may be, you may need to move out of a situation or out of a city even, or change jobs. So many different things that, that you're going to have to yield to. And so, yeah, what we're really talking about is, is prayer, um, staying in contact with God, right? That's, that's the whole point of all of this is, we're going to grow in our recovery the more we stay in contact, constant contact with God. And as we do that, we're going to seek His will and not our own. And then we're going to start to have His power to carry that out. And when we're doing God's will, we're recovering from our sinful nature. Mark, you want to read that step one more time? Eric did a pretty good job reciting that one, but read Mm -hmm. it one more time, and let's close out this episode. Yeah, it's sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. All right, well, this was step number 11. If you want to find these resources for your family, your small group, or your mentor or sponsoring relationship, you can find all of it at PursueGod.org forward slash recovery. And guys, we got one more next week. We'll talk about step number 12.